Hey guys, thanks for joining us on Real Faith Radio, presented by Praise Chapel Las Vegas. Subscribe to us on Apple and Google Podcasts, SoundCloud, and Spotify to get notified when new episodes are available to download or stream. You can also follow us on social media at PC Las Vegas and visit our website, praisechapellasvegas.com, to find out more about us and give online. Thanks again for joining and enjoy today's message. Amen, amen. You guys didn't see it, but I slipped my five just as we shook hands. Give him a five every time he introduces me, you know, it's just the thing you do. So if you're coming to preach, you got to have a five with you whenever you come up. But uh, how's everyone doing tonight? Good. It's good to be up here for our Wednesday night plug-in service. It's good to have another opportunity to uh, to minister the word. Uh, good to be saved. Um, and it's honestly a great season. Christmas is honestly a, a wonderful time of year. Um, for me, for many reasons here, of course, uh, soon enough, uh, me and my wife, uh, Pastor Desiree, will be finding out the uh, gender of our baby. And so uh, it's an exciting season. It ended up working out that way. We thought we were going to do it last month, but plans shifted and we're going to do it this month. And so we're just excited for that. And so uh, I have to, of course, give thanks to my wife, Desiree. I just I love her. She's just tremendous. She's my helpmate. She sharpens me and challenges me on my word in the best way possible. She gives me the, the most constructive criticism that I need. And she's uh, made me a better man of God because of that. So I love you, Desiree. I'm thankful for you. And so uh, I'm just so blessed to have this and to have uh, this, new session, this new journey in our lives uh, coming in just a few months now. It's crazy. She's halfway through her pregnancy, and uh, man, May is going to be here before we know. Uh, like uh, NSYNC said, it's going to be May. That's the, uh, the whole theme we did for our, our announcement video, and so it's going to be a great May. But with that being said, let's go ahead and just pray. We know God's here with us tonight. We know that uh, the Lord is going to minister through this word, and so we want to continue to let him be the focal point of everything that's going on here. So let's just go to the Lord and pray uh, for this word here and just for myself. So, Father, we just come to you tonight, Lord. We just thank you so much for who you are. Just uh, we take this moment, this season, not just this time of year, but throughout the year, that we're thankful that you, you sent your son for us, Father God, just this son that's both fully human and fully God, Lord. Just this son that came born to, unto us so he could walk among us, he can understand us, he can reconcile with us, Lord. And we just thank you for your goodness and who you are, Lord. And so right now, we just ask during this moment of time that you just be here with us tonight, Lord. I pray, Lord, over this word. I thank you just for this time of just meeting me in the word and studying. I just ask everything that I've prepared for you, Lord, let it be pleasing to you in this moment in time, Lord. I just ask, Father God, you minister through your scriptures, Lord, the holy word that you've given us, Lord. You minister through everything that I say, and let it be pleasing to you. And I just ask, Father God, for us here tonight, let us just come focused, ready to receive the word. We bind distraction in the name of Jesus. Let us hear the voice behind the voice, Lord. And let me be your vessel, Father, to extend and exalt your name, Lord. We just thank you for this time that we have here tonight, Lord. In Jesus' name, amen. So let's get down to business. Let's see what's going here for the word tonight here. I was getting an announcement mode for a second. But so as you can see here, of course, Christmas time is here. You know, there's that uh, that Charlie Brown peanut song, Christmas time is here with the little kids with the choir. Uh, that's just like one of the, uh, the best feelings in the world. And so with Christmas time coming here, there's just so much that comes with it. 
um, you know, it's shopping for the holidays, making plans on what to do for Christmas, where to go for Christmas. Are we going to stay here? Are we going to go out of state? What are we going to make? Are we making a ham? Are we making tamales? Are we going to invite my tia over? Are we not going to invite my tia over? She's still mad at me. I don't know. Just all the things that go on with the holidays here. Of course, holiday movies. There's those movie marathons just uh, reminding us of some classic moments in Christmas history. And so um, it's a busy time of year, needless to say. And uh, with that being said, that's why we have this uh, upcoming Restmas coming up, as uh, Pastor Art mentioned. And uh, for those of you who are new to PCLV um, and are un unfamiliar with the term, it's, uh, it's a little term that we uh, got coined from one of the pastors in our fellowship. And basically, it's a break during this Christmas time. Are you sure? I, I could have swore it was Pastor Jason. All right, then. See, you better get the trademark. Wow. We're gonna, he's going to get it copyrighted so that way no one can infringe on his patent. He's going to get it copyrighted here, take it to the patent office. But with Resmus, though, it's just a break, though, just during this time of year. We recognize here with our pastoral staff and our leadership that we want to give you this opportunity to not only make those final preparations for the holidays, get everything crossed off and everything, but we can also take rest, as the name says, take rest for ourselves and spend time with our families. Um, this is the time that matters the most with our families. And so we want to make room for that. And so we've done this for a few years now. And I know this is something I've honestly looked forward to every year. And I, I know as much as I'm thankful for it, um, and we ought to take pleasure in those kinds of times of resting. You know, we also take uh, you know pleasure when we have vacations coming up. We have trips coming up. We get excited for it as we get closer and closer. We just uh, we just get ready for the season, and we're just like counting down the days, getting ready for it. But as I was doing this, as I was getting ready for Erasmus here, uh, I came to a realization. Um, throughout these last couple of weeks here, um, I found myself, to be honest with you, I'm gonna be transparent with you and be real with you. Uh, I found myself being stressed the last few weeks and preparing for this message um, and waiting on the Lord for what to hear um, and just and what was needed to be done. Of course, you know, we we have two families with our marriage. And so just getting everything ready for both sides of our family um, and just everything, just making sure that we can uh, give everyone a good Christmas that we want to. Uh, how many of us can relate to that feeling, that feeling of stress during the holidays? You see, how many of us can feel like this, not only the holidays, but in general? Just like month to month, sometimes we're just trying to make it week to week. We got the bills coming up. We got things in our lives, everything that causes uh, just general stress in our lives. So in the last few weeks, though, there was days, if I can be continue to be transparent, where I was reading the Word of God as I do daily, and it wasn't doing what I expected it to do. You see, times like restmas can come up to and we get the wrong idea in our minds. We can think that this is when we need to get whole again. You know, we have those like usually the two weeks of vacation at your job and you count down the days and you think like, all right, it's been terrible. It's been rough at work. I'm going to go on vacation. I'm going to do something great. I'm going to relax. This is what I need. I need some R&R &R and I'll be fine. But uh, how many of us come back though from those vacations feeling dreadful, feeling worse than we did before. We're just like, oh, that was great for the few weeks. My vacation wasn't long enough, and now it's back to reality. Uh, you know, we think that times like Restmas come up as well, and we can also have the wrong idea too where we think that r true rest is rest away from the Lord, rest from the Lord. We can think like, all right, we got the week off from ministry. We don't have to come next Wednesday night for our plug-in service. That's what rest is supposed to look like. It's not having to go to church. 
we can just lay down. How many of us are going to binge something on Netflix? We're going to watch something on TV. We're going to chill. We're going to do our holiday stuff. And, and if we can be honest, we're not really spending time with the Lord during this Christmas. We put so much value and merit in the time itself rather than the one who's providing that time for us. Someone say amen. So tonight, I want to bring a message to remind us to take rest in him. That's the title of my message tonight. And uh, I want to bring forth a reminder of one of the promises that he has for us in our day-to-day lives. And so we're going to be in the book of Hebrews chapter 4. We're going to be reading the entire chapter here, uh, but we're going to break it down a little bit at a time. Normally, I like to read the entire chapter and just go through it all at once and then break it down. But we're going to go uh, bit by bit here just to see uh, there's so much here in this passage here that I'm excited to bring with you here tonight. And so we're going to start off here looking at the uh, first couple of verses here, verses 1 through 3. Let's see here. All right. And so as we get here into this uh, passage of Scripture here, we see... uh, we see this letter being written to Jewish Christians in the book of Hebrews. And um, beyond just this chapter, I want to bring some context to what the book of Hebrews is even about um, and why this is an important book for us to study today. Um, The reason why the book of Hebrews was written is so that way we could see God's sufficiency and how he's enough. Someone say he is enough. You see, as we continue to look at these first few scriptures here, we see some of these Christians are here in trouble. And so we're going to read verses 1 through 3 right now of chapter 4. I'm reading out the New Living Translation. And it starts off like this. God's promise of entering his rest still stands. So we ought to tremble with fear that some of you might fail to experience it. For this good news that God has prepared this rest has been announced to us just as it was to them. But it did them no good because they didn't share the faith of those who listen to God. For only we who believe can enter his rest. As, the others, as for the others, God said, in my anger, I took an oath. They will never enter my place of rest. And I'm going to stop right there. And so we see that we have some Christians in trouble, like I mentioned here. As we look here in these first few scriptures, we have some believers here that knew of God, but didn't receive the word in their hearts. They lacked an understanding, a true understanding of the truth found in these scriptures. We have Christians here in the book of Hebrews, not only there in that moment of time, but even here today that we're so focused on their present troubles and their present worries of the week that God's promises were out of their sights and out of their minds. Once again, we have that warning here in verse one. If you didn't catch it, God's promise of entering rest still stands. So we ought to tremble with fear that some of you might fail to experience it. Church, we ought to be concerned when we lose sight of who God is and we start operating on our own efforts. We ought to be concerned when we know who God is, but don't put value on the power of his spirit or this word that he's given us here in the book of Hebrews and throughout these books of the Bible. When we try to figure out the game of life ourselves, we start convincing ourselves that we've got it under control and that there's no need for God's help. You see, there's a promise here for us tonight that we cannot lose sight of. I'm here to bring us a reminder of God's promise to give us rest. God wants to give us some rest tonight. Can someone say amen? Amen. So verse two says once again, 
For this good news, the new good news that I just shared to you right now, that God has prepared this rest has been announced to us just as it was them talking about the people here in the book of Hebrews and in the past as well as the Israelites were coming out of Egypt and wandering through the desert. And so with this rest, that's some great news to hear. Some of y'all are tired right now. Y'all look tired. No, just kidding. Y'all look great here. Just trying to see if you guys are paying attention, if you guys are really tired or not, if you got some good rest. So this is encouraging to hear, though. This is something that's so awesome to hear in person. This is something that's awesome to hear on our podcast. If you're listening to this message later on, we can get reassured hearing this news, um, just not only in the service and the conference weekend. This is, this is like one of those promises that's awesome to hear in the moment, but we have to come to know it's, it's more than hearing this verse here in this moment and writing it down in your notes right now. Verses two and three in the Message Bible goes on to say, I'm bringing it out of a different translation. It says, we receive the same promises as those people in the wilderness. And that's talking about the Israelites coming out of Egypt on the way to the promised land. But the promises didn't do them a bit of good because they didn't receive the promises with faith. If we believe, though, we'll experience that state of resting. But if not, but not if we don't have faith. So we have to mix these two things together to receive his promises. We have to mix knowledge and faith. Someone say knowledge, knowledge. and someone say faith. faith. So these are the two things we have to mix together for these promises to exist in our lives, for these promises to, to fall into our lives. We need to remember that these things that we've been promised, we, uh, we need to recognize that in order to receive those promises, we need to know the word of God. But it's not going to change things for us if we don't believe it, if we don't receive it in our hearts. So let me clarify in the rest that God's prepared for us here in the book of Hebrews. We can hear the term rest here and we think of it in the, uh, in the carnal sense of rest. We're talking about physical rest. Some of us are hearing me say rest right now. We're like, man, God, if I could get 10 hours of sleep, if I could be a bear for a little bit and hibernate, I can take the world. I can take the state with 10 hours of rest. Someone say amen to that. Amen. It's all right. You can be real here. I won't judge you. Shoot. 10, 12 hours of sleep. I tell Desiree all the time, you know, let's just go away to a cabin for a weekend. Let's just sleep. Let's go ahead. Man, we'll do some crazy. Uh, we'll just, uh, we'll take over uh, territories. We'll run companies after uh, t uh, 24 hours of sleep. But there's more than that, though. That's the main thing I'm trying to get you to understand. God wants to give us more than physical rest. He wants to give us rest in greater areas of our lives. This rest means he wants to bless us with so much more. And so I was studying here with uh, the theologian John Owen, and he shared what this rest means for us in his, uh, his works. And so there's five areas of rest that uh, we're going to focus on here if you're taking notes here. And so in one area of rest that he wants to give us, he, when he says rest, rest means peace with God. That's the first way that God wants to give us rest, peace with him. Um, in Philippians chapter 4, verses 6 through 7, I'm reading out the English Standard Version right here. It says, Do not be anxious about anything, but in everything, by prayer and supplication with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known to God. And the peace of God, which surpasses all understanding, someone say all understanding, will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. I'm going to keep you guys on your toes here tonight. You see, God wants to bless our minds and our hearts with rest first and foremost. Sometimes when we think of peace, we go by the world standards of peace. We think that peace with God means we just have happy thoughts, just 
feel good, psychedelic, you're not thinking anything bad at all. You know, we think that peace means that we're not in odds with someone, we're not in conflict with someone, or we think that peace with God or peace in general just means that we feel good right now. But how many know those feelings are temporary? True peace comes from knowing that God is in control. True peace comes from knowing that we're his children and that our father gives us the ability to have victory over sin. Can someone say amen? That's the peace that gives our mind rest from anxieties. So that's the first way that God wants to give us rest. Rest meaning peace with God. The second meaning of rest here that God provides is freedom from bondage and a captive spirit when we're in his presence. I'll say that once again. The second way God gives us rest is freedom from bondage, a captive spirit uh, when we're in his presence. I'm going to go a few chapters ahead from our text here tonight in Hebrews chapter 2 now, verses 14 through 15, and it'll be on the monitors in a few moments here. It's also on the Bible app, I forgot to mention. Uh, normally we're not on the Bible app on Wednesdays, but you can tune in if you would like, so that way you can save it to your notes. Uh, but Hebrews chapter 2, 14 through 15, it says, Because God's children are human beings made of flesh and blood, the Son also became flesh and blood. For only as a human being could he die, and only by dying could he break the power of the devil who had the power of death. Only in this way, someone say this way, could he set free all who lived their lives as slaves to the fear of dying. So God sent his son Jesus to die on the cross for our sins so that we, we could have this true blessing right here. This rest of mind knowing that our life here isn't it. That we're free to live for the Lord and that know that we're going from glory to glory here on earth to heaven with our Savior. And so that's that freedom that we have when we have true rest with the Lord. We're able to, to just operate freely, not under oppression. Because sometimes when we operate in just in ourselves without the Lord, we can just operate in this sense where, man, I'm not doing good enough here. I'm just never going to change. God's never going to move in my circumstance. But when we trust in Him, when our knowledge of Him makes us with faith with the Lord, that's when God can free that captive spirit and free us from that bondages of our minds and of our hearts. Can someone say amen? amen? So once again, the first two things, rest first means peace with God. The second thing, freedom from bondage and a captive spirit. The third way God gives us rest is that we are no longer bound under the old covenant. And so what that means is that we no longer have to make these animal sacrifices and live as they did in the Old Testament, you know, where you can't shave, you can't have any pork. Some of the guys are getting mad here. That means no bacon, you know. So that means it's like we no longer have to live as they did in the Torah or we have to do all these things so that we could be made right with the Lord and atone for our sins. Um, now we're going to go forward here in Hebrews in chapter 9, where we had Christians still believing that they had to operate under these regulations for worship and righteousness or having to rely on the high priest to speak to the Lord for them and atone for their sins. And what I mean by that is so we have this, this whole period of time in the Old Testament where under Jewish custom here, you couldn't just talk to the Lord. You had to go to the high priest and the high priest basically spoke to the Lord on your behalf. And that was only once a year. And then when 
that did happen, it was only a ceremonial cleansing of yourselves. It was only covering the outside. It was only cleaning your hands, but it wasn't impacting your heart when that happened. And so Hebrews chapter 9, verses 11 through 12, the word shows us that Jesus became that high priest for us on our behalf. And it says right here in verse 12, He entered once for all into the holy places, not by means of the blood of goats and calves, but by means of his own blood, thus securing eternal redemption. Someone say amen to that. So once again, I'm going to keep recapping these scenes so that we get all these areas of rest. So first, rest means peace with God. Secondly, rest means freedom from bondage, freedom from a captive spirit. And the third way we just talked about right now, rest means we are no longer under the old covenant. Now, the fourth way of what rest means is that we're free to worship him. Uh, Psalms 95 verses 1 through 2 out of the English Standard Version says, Oh, come, let us sing to the Lord. Let us make a joyful noise to the rock of our salvation. Let us come into his presence with thanksgiving. Let us make a joyful noise to him with songs of praise. You see, when we do have this area, this true rest, we're able to celebrate God's presence and worship him in a beautiful and a complete way. Um, if we go back to Hebrews chapter 9 that we just read, I'm going to go a few more verses further, um, verses 14 through 15, to, to share more about, about that, that sacrifice that he made for us. Um, in verse 14, it starts off right here. Under the old system, the blood of goats and bulls and the ashes of a young cow could cleanse people's bodies from ceremonial impurity. This is talking about the whole, the whole atonement for our sins where the high priest would be able to speak to us. And so it's talking about where this could only cleanse it through a ritual. This could only cleanse the outside, the actions. But verse 14 goes on to say, just think about how much more the blood of Christ will purify our consciences from sinful deeds so that we can worship the living God. For by the power of the eternal spirit, Christ offered himself to God as a perfect sacrifice for our sins. 15 says, that is why he is the one who meditates a new covenant between God and people. Someone say new covenant. So that all who call or all who are called can receive the internal inheritance God has promised them. For Christ died to set them free from the penalty of the sins they had committed under that first covenant. And so to clarify here, that means that we're giving rest from the old covenant ways that only made us clean on the outside, that only cleaned our hands of sin. The blood that Jesus sacrificed on the cross for us not only covers those sins on the outside, but it also purifies our hearts and it changes our lives. The blood of Jesus comes into our hearts and changes into ways that couldn't have happened in the old covenant. That's why Jesus and the Lord changed that covenant. He knew that that wasn't going to be good enough. He knew that he needed to send his son to die on the cross for us so that way he can have, we can have true transformation in our lives. Can someone say amen? amen. And so once again here, we're going to recap the first four. Rest means peace with God. Secondly, rest means what? Freedom from bondage. Thank you, Sister Bloom. The third way, rest means? There we go. I'm keeping you guys engaged. No longer bound of the covenant. And the fourth one right now, rest means? True to worship. Amen. There we go. Now the last one here, I want to see some good notes after this. So the fifth way that of the fifth meaning of rest here is that we rest 
as he rests. Uh, verse 4 of uh, Hebrews chapter 4, uh, we're getting back into our main text here, goes on to mention that this rest he prepared for us uh, since the world was made. And so it says right here, we know it is ready because of the place in the scriptures where it mentions on the seventh day, on the seventh day, God rested from all his work. This is talking about all the way back at the beginning when God created the heavens and the earth. And on the seventh day, he rested in that. So right here, they bring forth a reminder of what happened in Genesis because God set that biblical standard for Sabbath rest in our lives. And he, when he rested, it wasn't because he was tired. God was resting because he was satisfied with the completion of creation. When we trust in the Lord and put our faith in him and his promises to complete that good work in our lives as well, we get that chance to rest as he rested as well. So with that here, man, just how many of us want that kind of rest now? More than just physical rest. Someone say amen. Someone say, I want rest. I mean, don't rest right now. I don't want to see anyone sleeping right now. I know some of you will take the cue right then and there. I think guys are blessed with, uh, with rest. Desiree is always jealous. He's like, why do you always fall asleep? He's like, I don't know. It's a gift. What can I say? I'm talented in that way. I get it from my dad. And so how can you not hear that, though, without these five ways of rest? You know, where, you know he wants to bring us peace. He wants to free us from bondage and captivity. He wants to uh, give us the freedom to worship. How can we not hear all these five different ways and not want to go there to that resting place with the Lord? We've established here that God wants to give us more than physical rest in our lives. But the question we need to answer now is, how, what keeps us restless? What keeps us from getting this rest? And so Hebrews chapter 4, verse 5, it goes back to remind us here. So in verse 5 out of the New Living Translation, it says, But in the other passage, God said, They will never enter my place of rest. That kind of feels like a ripoff, huh? He said it twice in verse 3 and verse 5, that they will never enter my place of rest. You know, we can read these two scriptures right here. And maybe you guys have seen that State Farm commercial where it's that guy in the fishing hook carrying the money. Like, oh, almost got it. Almost got it. You feel like God's dangling that place of rest from you that you can't reach it. So let's clarify here with what they're talking about here. Um, we have to understand the Lord is giving us a warning here. And our attention is being called back all the way to Psalms 95. And so that we read earlier. I read the first two scriptures there. And so we're going to go back to Psalms 95 right now. And I'm going to highlight a few verses for us. So we're going to start at the beginning of Psalms 95, verses 1 through 2. And so, Psalms 95, 1 through 2. Uh, once again, it says, O come, let us sing to the Lord. Let us make a joyful noise to the rock of our salvation. Let us come into his presence with thanksgiving. Let us make a joyful noise to him with songs of praise. And then we're going to skip a few verses here. We're going to go to verse 6. And verse 6 says, O come, let us worship and bow down. Let us kneel before the Lord, our maker. And then we're going to skip a few more verses right here, and we're going to go down to verses 8 through 11 as we end the chapter. Verse 8 here says, Do not harden your hearts as at Meribah, on the, as on the day of Massa in the wilderness. Verse 9 says, When your fathers put me to the test and put me to the proof, though they had seen my work, for 40 years, I loathed that generation and said, they are a people who go astray in their heart and they have not known my ways. In verse 11, it ends the chapter here. Therefore, I swore in my wrath, they shall not enter my rest. 
And that's the, uh, the portion of scripture that's mentioned in Hebrews 4 two times here. So you have a few different people that have wrote the uh, book of Hebrews here, whether it's Paul, Apollos, a few people that could have wrote in that part. But they're basically reminding the Jewish Christians two times here, making it very clear that what happened here in the past. We're giving clear instruction of how we can worship God. And here, I believe we can find what causes us to be restless in our lives. So let's start once again with verses 1 through 2. We're going to break this down. So verses 1 through 2 of Psalms 95 invite us to come into his presence with a joyful noise. And what's the second thing? Thanksgiving. There we go with Brother Josh. So they invite us to come in with a joyful noise and with thanksgiving. The first thing that keeps us from rest is an ungrateful heart. Verse 6 of this chapter invites us to come bow and kneel before the Lord our Maker, to come and yield ourselves and our hearts to the Lord. The second thing that causes us to be restless is an unsubmissive heart. Lastly here, in verses 8 through 11, and this is the most direct message out of everything that we're reading right here in Psalms 95. Verse 8 says, do not harden your hearts as at Meribah. The third thing that keeps us from rest here is an unbelieving heart. Here the psalmist is talking about what happened in the wilderness back in the book of Numbers. Once, once again, I mentioned about the Israelites wandering through the desert for 40 years. And there's that instance where Moses strikes the rock and they were complaining about the lack of water that they had available. This is where the knowledge of God did not mix with the faith in God. There was a series of decisions here. I don't want you to think that this was a one-time instance here that people just finally complained. This was a series of doubts, maybe externally or internally, but it ultimately led to this point here where they had made up their minds through the desert at this point, and the Israelites had hardened their hearts right here, and their doubts spoke louder than their, un- their belief. As a result of the pattern of unbelief, complaint, doubt, and even instances of cursing God. A few scriptures before that, we had some of the Israelites raising up a a, a calf, a golden calf, just doubting the power of the Lord. And so because of a mixture of all those choices, all of those decisions that they made up to this point, the wrath of God came against them, and they were never able to enter that place of rest as He had promised them. However, the good news here, though, is that God's promise to give us rest is still available to us here today. It's not lost to us tonight, and it's listening or to those of us who are listening right here, listening online. Um, Hebrews 4, 6 through 11 here. I want to bring a reminder here of that where we can be reassured that we still have this rest. <clears throat> so verse 6 right here of Hebrews chapter 4 says, So God's rest is there for people to enter. But those who first heard this good news failed to enter because they disobeyed God. Verse 7 says, So God set another time for entering his rest. And that time is today. Someone say today. And so Hebrews uh, 4, or 4 verse 7 continues on says, God announced this through David much later in the words already quoted. Today when you hear his voice, don't harden your hearts. Again, that's going back all the way to Psalms. Uh, verse 8 of Hebrews chapter 4 says, Now if Joshua had succeeded in giving them this rest, God would not have spoken about another day of rest still to come. So there is another special rest still waiting for the people of God. Verse 10 says, For all who have entered into God's rest have rested from their labors, just as God did after creating the world. So let us do our best to enter that rest. But if we disobey God as the people of Israel did, 
we will fail, as it ends right there in verse 11. I'm take a moment here to pause. So as the scriptures say right here, the time to enter that rest is today. It's not tomorrow. It's not in a few months. It's not when you get things right. It's the time of entering that rest is today. Today is the day of salvation. Today is the day for us to trust in the Lord and set our hearts on living a life for Him. We have to stop trying to make it on our own strength and trying to make the rest happen ourselves. We have to stop convincing ourselves that this is as good as it's going to get and that someday we'll get this rest that I'm talking about it. Let me say it one more time. Today is the day of rest. Someone say amen to that. God wants us to enter into that resting place with him. And he's given us this word, these holy scriptures to remind us of this and of many of his promises. That's what the Bible is. It just reminds us of all his goodness, his character and everything that he's done already. The Bible's there also to remind us of the hidden things that keep us from this rest. We're going to continue on in Hebrews 4 uh, verses 12 to 13. And it's funny, one of the, uh, the guys actually brought this scripture out in the group chat earlier. Uh, but verse 12 says, For the word of God is alive and powerful. It is sharper than the sharpest two-edged sword, cutting through between soul and spirit, between joint and marrow. It exposes our innermost thoughts and desires. Verse 13 says, Nothing in all creation is hidden from God. Everything is naked and exposed before His eyes. And He is the one to whom we are accountable. You see, even as God sees the things in our hearts that no one else can see, he hears the things that we say that no one else can hear and witnesses the things that we do that we keep from everyone else. He still loves us. He still loves us enough to offer us this rest and offer this grace upon our lives. Hebrews 4 ends here with these last few scriptures. um, And it ends with a great encouragement, I think, that will remind us of who our Savior is. Um, And so as I close here with verses 14 through 16, uh, verse 14 says, So then, since we have a great high priest who has entered heaven, and that was the high priest we talked about in Hebrews 9, Jesus, the Son of God, let us hold firmly to what we believe. This high priest of ours understands our weaknesses, for he faced all the same testings we do, yet he did not sin. So let us come boldly to the throne of our gracious God. There we will receive his mercy and we will find grace to help us when we need it most. Can someone say amen to that? So let us be reminded as we get ready to spend some time away next week for Restmas that although this is a great opportunity to rest ourselves, rest with our families, catch up with everything that we need to catch up with. The Lord is here to provide this rest for us, not just in this time, but throughout every season of our lives. Let us reflect on that this next week and let us posture ourselves to spend time in his presence to see that the rest of God that he wants to give us is much more than physical rest. The rest that he's prepared for us, as is mentioned here tonight in Hebrews 4, means peace with God, freedom from bondage and a captive spirit, freedom from the old covenant, freedom to worship him in spirit and in truth and freedom to rest as he rests. If we're struggling with restless hearts tonight, let's come to the throne of God here tonight and ask if that heart of ours has been an ungrateful heart, if it's been an unsubmissive heart, or an unbelieving heart. 
we have a savior in Jesus Christ that is both perfectly God and perfectly human. So that means that we have a savior that we can talk to about the conditions of our hearts, those things that we're struggling with, and know that he understands us better than anyone else. So let us seek him in our lives. And I know that as we do, the Lord will let us come to this place of rest, not only in our daily lives, but he'll ultimately bring us to that place of rest as we leave this earth and we spend eternity with him. Someone say amen to that. Amen. Amen. So let's all stand right here.